Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning to the United States of America. And good morning, of course, to the world. How's everybody doing this morning? Folks, if you hear me go into a coffin fit, it's because I seem to have gotten a cold. But you know what? That's good. It's not COVID. But anyway, folks, and we are going to have a great show for you today. Let's pass it along to our favorite geniuses in the house. Well, Jack and I thought we were going to take over your show today. Oh, I I disappointed you. (laughs) Okay. So when you go into a coffee fit, let us know. And uh, (laughs) we'll take over for you. Okay. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, good morning, Harry. How are you? And good morning, Jack. You've got some wisdom for us all. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about this earlier. Yeah, I read read Egberto's piece this morning, and you know, I want to talk about them Grinches and Republican politicians uh, that are threatening us our Social Security. Uh, uh, Republican Lord. politicians, keep your dirty hands off my Social Security. If you want to see a bunch of mad grandmas and grandpas in Washington, D.C. keep talking your rhetoric about the cost of Social Security. Don't threaten us boomers that paid into Social Security. Don't threaten the generations of workers who pay into the system. Have you no shame? Why is it you don't want the people to have any benefits? You vote against their needs at every turn. Is your greed so overpowering that you're going to kneecap grandma and grandpa? Grow a heart. That's not, it's, you're just mean, just some mean old Grinches. Well, not only that. They're trying to show off to the uppers. Yeah, Jack. Well, you know, the thing is, grandma and grandpa get out and vote. They get out and vote. Yes, right. Okay, you can People over 65 and people over 70, they're still out there voting with the younger generation doesn't think their vote counts. It does. But grandma and grandpa will vote those Grinches out of office and they'll be hitting the road pretty soon. Yeah. I, I hear you guys. You know, I, I one of the reasons I did this is because of some of the commentary that Joe have, because all these things are intertwined. Right. And, you know, we, we, we sit back and. You know, those of us that are out here working and living a, a, a regular middle class life and some a poor life, you know, we sit down and we don't quite realize, you know, we, we buy all the things that are fed to us. Right. And the, the thing about it is America is a very I don't know if people understand how rich a country we are. We are a very, very rich country. But what most people don't understand is the disparity that occurs between the very, very ultra rich, the very, very, very rich, the rich, and then the rest of us. People don't, people can't fathom that level of disparity. And what, what irks many is that all the people that are out there trying to change the rules, try to make social security more resilient, more sustainable. They make it seem to the average American citizen that it's because you are just not, you're just getting too much from Social Security. Hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, man. Look, look, just like 
Bill Gates and uh, Musk and all these guys, they pulled themselves up by the bootstrap and got all that money. No, they didn't. That's, well, they, yes, they did, Jack. What's yeah, wrong with you, Jack? They pulled, they pulled themselves up on the shoulders of everybody else. Thank you, brother. But you know, Jack, you know that, Jack. You know that. But you know who doesn't know that? Most Americans don't. And that's why they come in the defense of the rich. They come in the defense of Musk and all these guys because these are job creators, brother. They create jobs. They <laughs> make things happen. What's wrong with you, Jack? You are well, just. Like, yeah, I'm messed up. Yeah, you <laughs> are messed How could you possibly not understand that these are the guys who make things happen in America? As they still are wealth. Uh, Brother, I hope you know that I'm being completely and entirely ridiculously sarcastic. Making absolutely no sense. I was hungry before this conversation happened, but I think it's past now. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you something, man. And Jack... Jack, you know something? I always tell people that they can call into the program and that they are going to change how the conversation of the show is going to go. And then Jack speaks. And now Jack changed the direction of where the show was going to go, because what he said was so prescient, articulating from the original Social Security tenant. So we're going to go there. Brother Jack, thank you for changing my show once again. Our show once again. Yeah. Okay. okay, Grandpas and grandpas, you listen to this. All right. Look. Do this. Let me. Let me them out. Thank you, brother. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Okay. Look. Basically, you know, um, Jack got me irate now, and and because he's so right, and what they do to us is. It's pathetic. Let, let me first tell a little bit about Social Security. Um, there used to be a time in America when after you reach a certain age, if you hadn't worked and was able to put away quite a bit of money, your life as an older person was in abject poverty. But during all that time, America still had these things referred to as the robber barons. Let me tell you something, guys. You all have always, all of you that are listening to this program right now, you have always been the engine of our economy. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let anybody tell you about job creators and all these things. What Americans have always been are very, very, very hard workers, very intellectual workers, very manual workers, and just about anything. And we have always had a class in this country who was able to harness, to harvest your intellect and your work. And this didn't just start in the 1900s or in the, in the 1980 when Reagan came into being, this came from the inception of our country, from before the inception of our country. 
There was always a class that enriched themselves off of everything everybody else did. Okay? I mean, if we go into the drug industry, if we go into absolutely every industry, one of the reasons the wealthy would like to tell you that, well, you know, you need to keep the taxes low and keep, uh, keep us flowing in money is that we are the job creators. We create innovation. And if you don't allow us to profit to the smithereens, we cannot profit enough so that we can create innovation, innovation being the invention of things, right? A car, an electric this, an electric that, you know, because if you don't allow us to profit hugely, innovation stops because there's no investment into these things. It has been the biggest lie that too many people believe. It, I repeat, it has always been the biggest lie too many people believe. Let's give perfect examples. All the great innovators in this country, from, from current, welcome aboard Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain, from all the, all the creators, all the intellectuals, all the people that have created things in this country with their intellect, with their minds, I can't name any one of those real innovators that became billionaires, multimillionaires, etc. Name me one, please. You want to start with one? Okay. We love a nice person. Let's start with Bill Gates. Bill Gates saw an opportunity with Microsoft DOS, MS-DOS, that IBM was coming out with a new computer system and needed an operating system for that thing. So great. Guess what? There were many little operating systems out there for the Z80, the 8080, the uh, 250. All these things had operating systems. Uh, IBM came out with the 8088 and looked for one. Bill Gates, the great innovator, the great billionaire. And by the way, I think that I love Bill Gates because Bill Gates at least is giving away everything. But to which I always say, well, you give away what you don't earn. You didn't earn. But anyway, so. Bill Gates went ahead and he found a company in Seattle and he says, hey, man, I give 50 grand for that operating system. And after he does that, he goes ahead to IBM and say, hey, IBM, I got an operating system for you, brother. I license it to you. So I gave this guy a fixed cost of $50,000. And then I go ahead and I say, hey, now, IBM, I get you rent this stuff from me. You don't buy this stuff from me. You rent it from me. And IBM says, okay, IBM don't know anything about microprocessors. They just know they had this little computer and they thought it was going to be just one little thing that they were going to use. They didn't know it was going to ever take off. So they made the deal. And Bill Gates made a whole lot of money from doing that. Now let's go back to the original theorem. The original theorem says you don't allow, uh, if, if you mess with people's profit, you're going to lose innovation. Well, you know, he didn't innovate that thing, brothers. The people who innovated that made a fixed cost and it's done. They're not billionaires. 
Bill Gates is the billionaire. He was able to use the intellect of somebody else through a capitalist system and then make his money on somebody else's intellect. So if Bill Gates made profit or not, would innovation have stopped? Hell no, because the person who innovated never really got that big paycheck and people keep innovating over and over and over again. So that's how he got that billion dollars. Let's go to somebody else that everybody likes. Oprah Winfrey, great person, all that kind of stuff people would say. All right. Oprah made billions being a face on TV and everybody loves the words that she has. They love that she can give advice, etc. Something that all of you probably do to your kids, to your friends, and have given that good positive advice, etc. etc. But she made a billion dollars, many billion dollars doing it. Innovation? What did she innovate again? All right, let's stop there for a minute because I want to show how she could make billions. She could make billions because her beautiful face could be splattered all over America, all over the world, using technology that was invented by engineer number one, engineer number two, scientist number one, scientist number two, and who actually did work. All these people that partook of all the work that a transmission can be made, that a teleprompter can be used, that that somebody can do research uh, through computer systems that she used to get her data and information that she provides. But she monopolizes on that, 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 that amount, that, that billion. All the innovators around her that allowed her face to be out there, they got a salary and said goodbye. They innovated. They innovated the, 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 the uh, transistors. They innovated the, the, the CMA. They in, in, invented all these pieces of computer software and hardware that made those things possible. Yet, they got one salary and not. I'm going to get this into Social Security in a minute. But since I have Jimmy on the line, remember where I stopped? Let's bring Jimmy in and then we'll continue with this discussion. Jimmy, come on in. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Egberto. How are you? I am doing um, fine, my brother. Another, 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 quite a few times you've called Medicare Advantage a scam. Well, I have Medicare Advantage and I love it. I have no copay for doctor visits or hospital visits. I uh, make no monthly payments. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I went in. I had fallen down recently, so I went in and got physical therapy for an evaluation and six more sessions. That's going to cost me zero. It's mm -hmm. put on, it's sponsored by uh, Memorial Herman. And mm -hmm. uh, so I love it. I mean, regular Medicare, you have deductibles and payments and all that. With Medicare Advantage, I have no payments, and it's all zero payments for me. <laughs> I okay. think it's wonderful. All right, great. I, uh, tell Jimmy. Me, tell, me why, tell me why you think it's a scam. Okay, I'm going to tell you in a minute. But first of all, I want to say that Medicare Advantage for you is working for you right now. There are other things that I know about you, given that, Jimmy, you are, you are my buddy. Uh, I know you personally, and I know how you eat. I know the, your health condition. I know how well you take care of yourself. I know all of that because I know you. 
Uh, and above and beyond that, I also know that you don't require a lot of care. I know also about you, Jimmy, that you don't have anything big happening to you physically right now. So therefore, everything looks perfect as it stands right now. However, I, I, I want to say this again, Medicare Advantage on the outside seems like a good thing. But for you to get that great service that you're getting um, right now, Jimmy, uh, we, the, um, the American taxpayer, the Medicare fund is paying your provider, whoever your private sector provider is, 20% more than it would cost standard Medicare to provide you the same services. So that's a 20% overhead that goes directly to the private company that is actually providing you those great services. Now, you happen to be in a particularly good plan for now. Remember, you have to re-up your plan every single year by December 7th. Because your plan has been successful right now does not guarantee that your plan will be successful when you re-up and they look at the actuarial tables for your particular plan. The reason you re-up it every year, if it were great, right? If, if, if Medicare Advantage was great, you would not have to re-up it every year. It would be just you get this Medicare Advantage plan and everything stays perfect and, and brother Jimmy gets zero copay, zero everything till forever, forever, forever. But guess what, Jimmy? Notice that you on Dece by December 7th, you have to decide if you're going to hold on to that plan or not. That gives the private sector an out for something that starts not to work. So let's say your plan, Jimmy, has a whole lot of sick people that join into your same plan. Notice they have, there's a group number and there's a, ch a channel number. Let's say your particular group of people happen to get very, very sick in that plan. The next year, I can guarantee you it will change. Standard Medicare, traditional Medicare is there. Period. In other words, you will always get service at the 80-20. And then if you, if you buy your uh, Medigap, you will be just at 100% like you are. I'm going to tell you a letter, another letter that I got from a, a listener that I'm going to talk about afterwards. But what I'm trying to tell you, Jimmy, is your plan is perfect and working great for you for now. And not only is it working... You're, 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 you're right. The federal government puts more money into Medicare Advantage than they put into regular Medicare. He, I believe you said it was 20% more, so they can afford to give more no, benefits. No, no, that's not what happened there. And that's where, that's where I need to talk about it being a scam. What the people who, the private, the private insurance company who sell Medicare Advantage has prevented the uh, senators like Bernie Sanders and all of that from by do it by providing false advertising uh, from providing dental ears, hearing and eyes to the standard Medicare and also by paying the private sector. 20% more so that that 20% can go directly into the pockets of the shareholders because they're not giving. Look, let me tell, let me explain this, sir. 
for most yeah. recip- uh, they're not given any more service than Medicare standard Medicare provides. They're not. Okay. What they're doing is costing all of us who pay into Medicare more. And that more is the is the overhead that goes towards the private sector profits and shareholder value. Now, again, on, on a personal level for you, for Brother Jimmy, for right now, it is a perfect, it works perfectly. Let me just tell you the other option here. Let's say your plan that you are in right now, remember you re-up it every year you have to choose if you're going to stay with it or move on. And they can change that plan every single year. It's not like standard Medicare that you get it, you know what you got. Every year by December 7th, you have to shuffle to find something. Okay? Now. Virgil, let me tell you something. I retired from the state of Texas. Yes. I was with Humana Healthcare for a mm-hmm. number of years, and then the state switched us over to United Healthcare. So mm-hmm. I assume they did that because it's a better deal. But anyway, I have United Healthcare now instead of Humana. You just and, said uh, the magic word there. Jimmy, you just answered your question right there. They switch you from Humana to the other one, right? And what happens when the, right, that, that other was, one? That was Texas doing that. Right. And that it's something that happens all the time. But let me let me tell you uh, that better. Again, it's working for you now. And I pray that it continues your plan. And by the way, most people it doesn't work for, but it's working for you right now. I want your plan to continue working for you. But God forbid you get something that requires a lot of hospitalization, a lot of other things. That is where you really stress test one of these plans. And remember, you are not supposed to be loving an insurance company. You're supposed to be just getting a service from them. If I told you I will pay your bill for a 20% premium, I don't think you would do it. Right? But you don't see it. The people who I mean, are in Medicare. It's, it's better than regular Medicare because I have all of those legal co pays. Well, again, it, it, that. I, that, I, I, that, I, mm-hmm. I get Medicare Advantage. Yeah. And anyway, I, I get you. I get you, Jimmy. I understand it works for you right now. Uh, I, I, the policies that I am here as a host to put out there and the information I'm there to put out is not what works for one or two people, but what works for society in general. And in general, what Medicare Advantage is doing, it is destroying in the long run our healthcare. But we'll talk about Jimmy. When the next time we meet at HPJC or whatever, let's have a, a long coffee because I want to jump to Gonzalo right now. Okay, my brother. Thank you. Thank you, bro. All right, let's go to Gonzalo. Gonzalo, come on in. Yes. Uh, good morning, Alberto. I was listening carefully to all the points that have been. Uh, that you have been dealing with today, and my conclusion of, I mean, there's not a perfect system. So, as you know, I have been uh, uh, in three different countries, and I have three different perspectives of uh, what the health system is like. First, uh, Americans don't like taxes, don't like to pay taxes because they think they don't, see the benefit of it in the sense that we have a crappy uh, health insurance system. Uh, 
agree. Uh, not a single politician this coming elections, not in the previous one, have talked about any change. Bernie Sanders has, has been only the one, and probably Elizabeth Warren. But other than that, nobody wants to deal with that. Uh, and you know the reason. So um, on the other hand, I'm just wondering about other countries uh, that use uh, doctors as uh, uh, modern slavery. Uh, in the case of Cuba, uh, my uncle, who passed away two years ago, uh, three years ago, was uh, an example of that. Uh, and many other doctors are still working for the government in uh, countries that need uh, doctors. I know Africa, countries that nobody wants to go. That's true. But they don't get... Uh, their fair share, and the government takes almost all their salaries. And when they come back, if uh, they are uh, literally screwed by the system because uh, uh, two years ago they just uh, the economy is just uh, a total mess. So there is no perfect perfect system. So I have friends in Canada who are dealing with a system which is not perfect, it covers uh, basic needs, but every day it, the cost is more and more, and consequently you have less. That's all what I want to say. Well, let me, let, me, let me answer first of all. Let's start with Cuba, all right? Ironically, Cuba's health, uh, it, its peoples are much healthier than people in the United States that have the most advanced healthcare system in the world. Because again, in America, if you have the money to pay for the best healthcare, you can get it. Now, uh, what you said is absolutely correct. Uh, there is no, there's, in, in Cuba, doctors are angels. In other words, doctors are into medicine solely because they like to help people. In Canada, it shouldn't have to be that way. You should be rewarded for the amount of uh, the, the level of work that you are willing to put in. And doctors put in a hell of a lot of work and I think should be compensated as such. Uh, the, 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 that equalization model that uh, that Cuba has been based on with the big word communism, right, isn't what we're talking about uh, when you hear the policies that progressives believe in. Now, that. the. the Folks would like to make it seem like we want everybody, no matter your level of working or level of study, to be making all the same. That's not what we want at all. What we don't want is any particular group abusing. Now, what you said about Canada is true, right? Uh, what is occurring is whenever you have the involvement in medicine uh, of a pro for uh, for profit entity in medicine not I, I have nothing against profit i have nothing against private sector and businesses hell i am a private sector business as well what i have a problem of is certain sectors within the private sector because what happens is exactly as you stated canada starts out and it still has a much better healthcare system than we have in the aggregate for the average canadian citizen none of them would trade that system for hours but when you have an interface with the private sector where the shareholders control a portion that says every year we want to see 7% or 8% or 9% growth, it is impossible for you to have that kind of growth 
in, 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 in value to your shareholder for just holding a share. It's impossible for you to have that if you're not taking it out of somewhere. And that somewhere is out of the portion of healthcare being administered by the private sector. So what I'm trying and, and it's Gonzalo, it's all math. It's all math. If you're if you're if the wealthy who owns shares and all these things, income is growing by seven percent while the rest of the nation is growing by two to three percent. That money, the delta is coming out of every, everybody else's pockets. And that's what I was going to continue to talk about when I speak about the, the, um, the wealthy and, and the, the corrosiveness that they have in society without producing. But you're correct. And we are not asking for a system that we have in Cuba. We're asking for a system that works. We're asking that we make modifications to the system as we need to, to ensure that it works. Gonzalo, anything else before I go to Bard? Uh, that's it. Uh, just to say, uh, uh, a doctor works for a salary that is uh, nothing according to the uh, increasing uh, inflation. It right. has always been like that. I remember having a friend who was a, a surgeon and a plastic surgeon, and he went to his uh, hospital bike. And which is good in a in a in a perfect scenario that would be the best way to lose weight and keep in good shape. But he said that when he got into the uh, surgery room, he was shaking. Why? Because of traffic, because of the stress, because he didn't do it for pleasure. He just did it uh, for. Uh, it was uh, there was no way to get there on time. Right. Right. Not losing fight. And on the other hand, you see. White collars, people who work for the Communist Party, having all the benefits. That and, is his uh, brother. Not even uh, a bike. Edmano, so you, you nailed it. You nailed it. Corruption is corruption, whether it's government corruption or private sector corruption. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Gonzalo. Let's go to uh, let's go to Bard. Bard, come on in, Bard. Hi, Alberto. Good morning. I, I just wanted to switch gears just a little bit because we yes, have sir. the the city of Houston early voting is open for the elections and it's important. I want to introduce your listeners to Orlando Sanchez for city controller. <laughs> if they could please vote for this guy, he was, he's been a treasurer for the city and he's a good progressive candidate. And I think that we all need to get behind him and, and uh, just remember that name when you're going down to vote. To all the listeners, please. Now I notice, folks. Uh, 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 this is this is politics and right. And Brother Bard wants to support Orlando Sanchez. Of course, I support Hollins because Hollins is a younger, a better candidate, a, a, a candidate that's more with the time. And Orlando Sanchez is a Republican. Orlando Sanchez is not a progressive, and Orlando Sanchez has a whole lot of baggage. I would suggest that you go over to the Houston Democratic Project, uh, Democracy Project. You learn a whole lot about what's the best uh, vote based on the policies that supports most of all of us. But Bard got his piece in. So anything else, Bard, that you'd like to say? Uh, there's, there's one more thing about... The mayoral race. Yes. I know we've been going back and forth. 
And I, I don't know if you heard this news about, you know, Sheila Jackson Lee, she was, she's against bullying and all this. She's been against it all this time. And, but then we heard this call come out of her bullying her staffers. And I think one of the guys name was Jerome. He was, you know, a fat ass idiot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I wondered, I didn't know. Did you hear about Jerome? What happened to Jerome? Well, I heard about the the argument that they had where she apparently he wasn't doing his job and she really lost it. But that's all I remember. Oh, no, this is about uh, two weeks ago. After that call came out, about a week after the call came out, Jerome, he's his name was Jerome Brooks. He, he worked for Sheila Jackson a long time ago when this call was made. But mm-hmm. when this call came out, I don't know why, but Jerome, he killed himself. He committed suicide two weeks ago. Didn't know about that. Didn't know, didn't know about that, but I don't think you can blame her for that. But hey, uh, you know, may, maybe he had regrets after. I, I wonder why. My question is, why didn't this make the news? That's that's my question. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe it's not true, but I'll look it up for you. Okay. No, it's it's true. It's true, Egberto, and it's sad. And and I, you know, it's it's one of the little side things that happens that people don't uh, they yeah, forget let, about. Yeah. Let, let, let me let me just tell you a whole lot of times. A lot of times, what you find is the right wing would push somebody to do something that they later on regret. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, that's sad. I'm going to look that up because I, I find that interesting, but it may not. It, our news in Houston is cons, uh, controlled by the right. So you really should ask yourself why it wasn't on the news. Hold on, abs- hold on. Yeah, I think you went. I think you went. I think you went the wrong way there. I, I, I disagree with you. I know. I know you do. But all you have to do is look at the stats, sir. Look at who owns 11. Look at who owns 13 and look at who owns uh, uh, the, the, the other stations. But I look, I don't have time to talk about that right now. Look it up and then you'll come back and say, Egberto, I guess you're right. We do have our controls by the right. Thank you, brother. Let's go to Augie. Come on in, Augie. To all the geniuses out there at, at the station. Um, yeah, the thing about Cuba, Cuba has an embargo, and that's what's uh, uh, messing up their economy and doctors, but they got doctors. We have our first responders in 9-11. Where did the 9-11 responders go where they could get good, free medical care? They went to Cuba. They didn't get it here in the United States. And uh, if uh, you really uh, look at the media, there was a Senate hearing where one of those firefighters went to the Senate and told about the horror stories about medical care here in the United States, not in Cuba. They got medical care in Cuba for free. And those doctors, when they had a, uh, the first responders had to come back to the United States, they gave them several months worth of prescriptions because they knew they couldn't get it here in the United States. And that's just one thing. And as far as Canada, I remember the media uh, played up that this one Canadian came to, over here to Houston for medical care. Well, he was a billionaire. He wasn't a worker. He could go anywhere he wanted. The rest of the Canadians are staying in Canada because of their medical care. They're not coming to the United States. Americans that I know are going to Canada because they can't get the medical care they need here that they can pay for. Uh, you can go bankrupt with a, um, for medical care. And you could, um, if you want to know about American medical care, you should have heard the Senate hearing about the, the uh, Affordable Care Act when it was being proposed by Obama. Uh, and uh, a lot of people 
didn't get it because it was on C-SPAN. It wasn't on uh, uh, that much on the internet, but it's also on the paper in the newspaper. But a lot of people don't read the newspaper. Like I remember uh, Brian was talking about, uh, oh well, about ERCOT and the gas. And the very end, he said, "Well, the wind power failed us. No, they didn't. Wind power more than doubled." what they was required for power when you had that big freeze. And so did solar. Solar and wind, the people that had solar and wind power didn't freeze. It's the people that depended on the natural gas and the oil that froze. And the same thing, like uh, that other guy that came up, uh, how he enjoys his uh, medical care right now, United Healthcare. Well, it, it, yeah, like you said, it's great until uh, you really need it. There's a lot of people here can't afford American uh, care because they're in the wrong group, like you said. But yeah. they're only looking at themselves, not at the, the whole. And, you know, uh, it's our responsibility here uh, doing a, a radio program to look at the whole. And if, if one person is doing great, that is fine. But if that is at the expense of everything else, and which what I'm saying, if everybody were to go to Medicare Advantage right now, the system goes bust. But, I mean, it's, it's beyond that, Augie. What I try to do here is inform. You mentioned about the Canadian coming to Houston and the media playing it up. Why don't the media play up that uh, 20%, more than 20% of Texans don't have insurance and that every day we have dead people because they don't have insurance? That's a media story. What I try to, when I tell Bard that our media is right wing, that's what I'm talking about. There are people dying of lack of health care every single day in this country. There are all those people who went for Cuba for health after the, uh, if you remember, John Stewart was fighting like hell to try to get these people all kinds of coverage. He couldn't get it. Firemen, police officers, who many like to talk about, we we love our soldiers, we love our first responders. Well, a lot of them had to go to Cuba for health care. I mean, the truth of the matter is, most of what happens when we have Brother Jimmy talking about how much uh, he loves his um, the Medicare Advantage, and I agree with Jimmy. For him, it's working perfectly for now. It is right, and nope, nothing out of pocket for now. And I can't, I can't serve our audience for the for now or for Jimmy only, but for what most other people are going through. I got a, uh, somebody wrote into my show yesterday and I said, I was going, I wrote her back and said that I'm going to cover it today on the program where she said, you are, she told me that I was being, um, uh, privileged. And actually I agree with her in her assessment that I, I failed to make something clear when I gave the Medicare talk. And that was there are some people who, because of their financial situation, can only take Medicare Advantage because they can afford to get the $100 Medigap or whatever it costs. They can't afford it. And that's what she told me. She said, you can sit down there. You may be able to have $100 to buy that Medigap. I can't. And I, I, I was offered a Medicare Advantage plan that tells me what doctors I can go to, what medicine I can and cannot take, but I don't have a choice. I don't have that extra hundred or $200 a month. I don't have it. You are being, you, Egberto, are being privileged by telling all of us that we definitely shouldn't take it. And I backed up 
after I, I read her email and I said, you know, I know what you're saying is right. And I should have included that because I know that I should have included that in the message that said there are some people who they don't have a choice. But that said, my brothers and sisters, even when you don't have a choice, you can you can know the truth and work with us to change to blow Medicare Advantage away to make sure it doesn't exist anymore so that all of us can have good health care, including yourself. And the answer is Medicare for all that has no copay, that has none of that. And it, it doesn't cost us much to get there. It, it prevents insurance companies from milking the system. But if we work together, we can do it. For now, to the, to the woman who sent me that email, you're right, ma'am. And I should have said it a little bit. I should have added that other two sentences, ma'am. I should have. But still, we are right when we tell you Medicare Advantage is a scam that we need to get rid of in the long term and in the short term. Augie, I need to go to some other calls. Anything else real quick? No, that's about it. Thank you. um, And I got great health care, but... I'm the fortunate one because I'm, I stay healthy, I stay active, and uh, then the minute and I you were in a you and you were in a union, yeah, and I was in a union too, and uh, and that's great. But once you get 65, you're not in the union anymore. Not right, with everybody else. And Thank I tell you, my brother. union, if there's anything uh, wrong with you medically, do it before you lose uh, before you lose your union coverage. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Augie. All right, let's go to Josie. Josie, come on in, please. Hi. Good morning. Good I just morning. wanted to add um, with the with the gentleman who is okay with his Advantage plan. It's hard for some people to see because it works for them, and it's it's all about me, right? And that's what some of the problem is with in America. If it works for me. It's okay. I don't. I'm not really concerned about the other millions of people who, like that lady that wrote in to you or emailed you, said you can afford it, but a lot of other people cannot afford it, and that is a concern because if we're looking, if we're saying, well, it works for me because I can pay it, or I'm not having to pay anything, but I'm not able to see. Beyond that, the the empathy is not there. You know, it's great if it works for me and it's great if I can afford it, but I also want it for everybody else. Thank you. I want everybody else to have medical care. Josie, uh, you made my day. You made my day. (laughs) And let me tell you why you made my day. You use that word empathy. You use that word empathy. And that is what I hope. I have. That's what I know Jack and Howard have. That's what I hope all of us would have. In other words, it's not only about us as an individual. It's also about how society works. And that's what I'm talking about. Where I, why Medi- Medicare, the way it works is a scam. And scams always benefit a few. Scams always benefit a few, right? That's how it can remain a scam. You have enough people touting the scam. In other words, if enough people listen to Brother Jimmy, who is doing just fine with Medicare Advantage, then 
uh, the Medicare Advantage folks can take a clip of my show with Jimmy saying, I love it. It works for me. And they can advertise that throughout the country because Jimmy loves it. And guess what? That will skew a lot of people. That because, and that's why I pushed back on Brother Jimmy when he said that. And I, I try to expand the discussion because this clip, I guarantee you, some insurance, uh, some navigator is going to hear this clip. And they're going to look, say, here is what some clown was trying to disregard uh, 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 Medicare Advantage. And look at how this person said, I love it. Now, they won't play the part of the clip that you came in and you said, it's not only about one person, it's about us all. But that's why KPFT is here, Josie. And that's why we'll continue telling the message. And that's why we'll continue making sure people are fully aware. Thank you so kindly. For calling in, Josie. You're very welcome. Have a good day. You too. Let's go to Steve. Come on in, Steve. Hey, good morning, Brother Egberto. Good morning, uh, sir. Whatever today is hump day. Um, I wanted to uh, slightly agree with Bart, if that's okay. Of course. Uh, the, the, the name Bart has like an old tradition, and I don't know him well enough, but uh, as being an entertainer, a musician, and a jokester. Um, but I want to definitely agree with him. He's prodding people to get out there and vote. And whoever you vote for in this election, the numbers were way down as far yes. as voter And your vote counts so much more. And we only have a few more days to vote um, on this election. So I, I definitely agree with him on getting out to vote. Thank you, Steve. Anything else before I jump to Derek? No, back to hell. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Steve. And listen to what Steve just said. Go out there and vote. But the other thing that I'm going to tell you is please make a vote in your interest. Please make a vote in your interest. If you want to see good analysis, go to Houston Democracy Project. Check out what our brother, uh, Neil Aquino, who will be on tomorrow, has to uh, point out on that program. Let's go to Derek. Come on in, brother Derek. Hey, good morning, brother. And good morning, Jackie. sir. You know, I, I want to say this, man. You know, thank you, Alberto, for saying what you said about the Cuban doctors. They are, in fact, angels because you do know that it is written in, I don't know if you, we want to call it a creed or whatever, but one thing Castro made sure that that that, that he put it in there, even to, after he died, was that those doctors are sworn to go out and, and, and support their communities and serve their communities and, 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 uh, in exchange for the free payment of schooling. Now, that's something we need to do here. Instead yes. of the communists, well, that's a good thing that he did. Now, as for Jerome, you know, we live in a time of betrayal. I don't know who coerced him to go and put out that tape, but I'm pretty sure it was a rotten character that got some political ends that was involved in that. Pushed him to the point to where now, if it's true, I have not read the story, but, but if it's true that he committed suicide, isn't that something? You all better be very careful out there because Sheila has enemies as well as probably, I would say, e even the other guy probably have enemies. But these political enemies, these are some shifty characters. 
and as for this Medicare thing, I mean, the med- the health care, don't you think that after all this time, that goes to show you, yes, we are Americans. We live in the land of the free, but you're also in the home of the working slave. You sit here, we give Medicare, I mean, Medicaid, I think whatever that is, they, they take out our check. Every time they take it out our check per year. Why not turn this around since we talk about being progressive? Why not let the government, uh, since we're paying Medicare without our say-so anyway, why not not use that Medicare money to pay for premium every year and give everybody a doggone pops? Let me stop you right there, Derek, because you just nailed it. First of all, let me just tell you, you nailed it. Let me tell you how you nailed it. If the government is using the Medicare that all of us pay to pay for med, uh, to pay, pay a private company, Medicare Advantage company, whether it be Humana or, or any other one, we pay them a premium of 20 percent or so to pay that that private company. We instead could eliminate having to have a Medigap. We can say, forego Medigap. And you remember that woman who wrote me and said, I can't afford the Medigap insurance, so I get Medicare Advantage. Take the private insurance company out completely and take the money that you, Derek, pay every month. That 3% you pay in Medicare taxes of your entire salary. Medicare is not like Social Security. If you make a million dollars, 3% of a million dollars go to Medicare. Okay, so here is the thing. We should not have to buy Medigap. All we have to do is plug that 20% hole, add drugs, ears, eyes, and hearing, and, and, and all of that, and we are self-sufficient. Right now, billions are being made by the private sector that's not used for healthcare because Medicare is paying the private sector to, add, to pay a bill. Again, I repeat. Medicare is paying the private sector to pay a bill. Why don't Medicare just pay the bill and eliminate the private sector who is making billions? And that's what we're trying to inform here, Derek. And thank you for stating that last sentence to allow me to elaborate on this. Anything else, Derek, before I jump to Johnny? All I got to just say is that land of the free, home of the working slave. Open your eyes Thank you, brother. Let's change that, brother. All right, come on in, Johnny. Talk to me. But see, the Cuban people and the government were ready immediately after Katrina hit the Gulf Coast with doctors and nurses and medical kits and supplies on the tarmac of their airport. They offered to go immediately to Louisiana and offer relief. But what did our non-empathetic so-called President George Bush do? He said no. Speaking of honesty, when people like Breitbart, Bright, Breitbart, call into your program and he 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 directly lies, and you challenge him, thankfully, in real time. But why would we believe anything he has to say about someone being murdered or committing suicide or whatever? This is a ploy they use at the last minute to try to squeeze out as many votes on their side as is possible. How about management style, Bart? Management style. You you like to bring up Peter uh, Jackson Lee's being a bully or whatever. What about Donald Trump? You don't have a problem voting for him, so why would you have a problem voting for her? Is it because maybe he's a woman? 
or he's black or a black woman. All I'm saying is there's always the other side of the story. That's why you got to have KPFT. Please support KPFT if you can afford to do it, because we go, we don't want people like Breitbart uh, running the narratives. We've got enough of that in the mainstream media. Thank you very much, Johnny. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And you give me a few more minutes to complete uh, uh, to complete this uh, this program that was started by Jack Van Beber. If you recall where I left off, I left off about from Oprah Winfrey and the billions that she has made. And again, she's not a bad person. She's just playing the game like everybody else off of the backs of everybody else. And when we hear Derek talk about the working slaves, that's what we are. I mean, it's hard. You know, slavery used to just look like me. That's what it used to look like. And then indentured servitude or low wage workers used to just look like those people who built the Pacific Railways or also who uh, the indigenous folks who were here. But you know what? Eventually, our economic system eats its own. That's how it works. You know, you first have to divide and conquer so that you can abuse different sectors. And if you abuse different sectors, you still have a base to work from because you're abusing one particular sector. But as soon as that sector is fully abused, as soon as the others are fully abused, you know what happens? They have to come for you. When I tell you we are all in the same boat, brothers and sisters, I don't care who you are, what you look like, what your religion, whatever. Our enemy, the people that's really in, in charge of attacking us are those who have used an economic system to pilfer us all. And it's hard to understand because their advertising is so good. Their propaganda is so good, you know, that you believe these wealthy people are job creators, that you believe these wealthy people are innovators. The propaganda is great. I want you to name me any, every inventor of a product that you can think of and cross-reference that with how rich they are. And then come back and tell me that innovation comes from somehow allowing the rich to pill for us by not paying their fair share of taxes, by having regulations skewed towards making them wealthier. I want you to show me that because all innovation that I know came from regular folk and the regular folk never get rich from the innovators in their innovations, but others profit on said innovation and act as if they are the innovator. Elon Musk couldn't write a piece of code to get that ship off to the space station if he if he if he studied for a thousand years but everybody when they think about that that's what they think when when they think about space travel now they think elon musk are you kidding me back in the days of skylab back in the days of the space station etc we had grunt workers doing all of this stuff all this innovation, all these calculations that, that does the, 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 the mass and bodies, how they move around in space. You never hear about them, but you hear about Musk. Now, Eric Hayes tells me, don't be jealous about policy. Brother, this isn't about jealousy at all. 
All right. I've given the stories about how, you know, I, I could have jumped off the innovation field and made a ton of money going on to the capitalist field. I just didn't. Just wasn't in my psyche, sir. And I can, I can talk to a, a whole lot of engineers that I'm interacting with right now. That's how they feel. We do things for innovative reasons, not for capital reasons, right? But anyhow, we are coming to the end of the show. And Jack Van Bibber, thank you for changing the show for me. Let's go ahead and slide it all over to Howard. Talk to me, Howard, before we close this baby out. Well, quite possibly the modern robber barons didn't really do anything. But you want to talk about some innovators. That was Henry Ford. He... uh, what do you do? The assembly line? Yeah, he's also the assembly line. Yeah, the, the assembly line of inter, interoperability of parts to make things able to be built together. But he didn't actually create the engine. But go ahead, uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, okay, I'll give you that. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, and some of the other inventors of the early 20th century. So, if you're talking about modern robber barons like Elon Musk and the rest, and Oprah Winfrey. Okay, I'll give you that. But there have been some in history who have invented things and became wealthy. Okay. It's very few. Very it's few. Very and, few. I, and we can talk about Edison and some others uh, and, and, and how they came about those innovations. But we, do, we don't have the time, so we do that another day. Okay, good deal. Jack, what you got? I say take the insurance companies, the X. And crooked politicians who make policy for profit for big health care out from between the doctors and their patients. You got that right. Anyway, folks, we got to get out of here. My name. Thank you, callers. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Howard, for being so great. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.